From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs, brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. San Diego State University, building the foundations of something bigger at the top college hockey program in California. Go to sdsuhockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on or off the ice. Summer skates, shower shoes and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos from coast to coast and beyond. Wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University Hockey. Go to ucohockey.com to follow the two-time ACHAM1 national champions as they look to add a third championship banner to the rafters. Jets Pizza. With six different styles of pizza and eight different styles of crust to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota, earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. AT&T Wireless, fast, reliable, and secure. M-Drive, our boost and burn is specially designed to help you get active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Oklahoma University Hockey, 20 years of the action you crave, only faster. Drury-Ins and Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit us at DruryHotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and now our new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's Monday night. I'm still a little raspy, still a little under the weather. But Scott Strandy with you tonight from Chandler, Arizona. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from that big palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Not far from the Hamptons. I hear you can throw a stone there. He's so close. Paul, how are you? Um, well, first of all, it depends <laughs> on what kind of arm you have. <laughs> Um, that's about the closest thing you've gotten to right <laughs> is I'm actually uh, really not that far, far. I mean, it's a different world. I'm right. Here in the, I'm here in the boonies. I'm, you know, palatial estate. I still, now that's where the palatial estates are in the Hamptons. I don't have any, you know, I'm just, I just, uh, I just like to start the show out and, and get you a little riled up because when I get you riled up, then, then things start to happen. And boy, tonight yeah, I am going to get, tonight I'm going to get you riled up right off the get go because I'm going to bring on another Minnesotan. So that's a plus. Well, that's all you do. Um, and we're going to, all you do. <laughs> this, this is not, this is not news, by the way, because that's all you do. I have to and, beat you over the head to get an occasional non Minnesotan. Forget, forget somebody from Long <laughs> Island. I have to get you, I have to threaten you with all kinds of physical violence and, and all kinds of other stuff just to get you to get somebody on that's not from Minnesota. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Um, our guest tonight, I, I sat next to him a few times at Mullet Arena watching Arizona State hockey. So before we right. bring him on, 
we're going to do the Super 16 because I know I he's going to well, get a big hold kick on a hold out on of a this. Second. So, hold on oh, a second. what? That's fine. What? what? I just want to say that as uh, somebody connected to ASU, that does, you know, cut some slack. <laughs> I'm connected to that, ASU, too. My daughter went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you don't count. I have to talk to oh, you. Okay. That doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So anyway, let's break it down the Super 16. Then let's bring on our special guest and let get his opinion. So um, here we go. St. Cloud State holding down the number one in the Super 16 by Mr. Paul Hornstein, followed by Boston University, Minnesota, Denver, Quinnipiac, Michigan, Yukon, Cornell, Harvard, Minnesota State, Penn State, oh, those Tigers from RIT at number 12, Ohio State, Michigan Tech, Northeastern, and our friends from Alaska, Fairbanks, holding down number 16. Paul, you still are hooked on the Big Ten, and you can't get rid of that feeling, can you? Uh, I don't I, I don't want to be. <laughs> I, I don't want okay. to be. But God knows. You know how I feel about that other maroon and gold team. <laughs> Okay, and we, you know how I feel about, and now granted the coach not there anymore, but you still know how I feel about the team that didn't want to play Western Michigan. Okay, I, 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 I will not was. lie. My buddy whose son goes to Ohio State is retiring this week. So this was his last day of class. Oh, a little gift. A little so gift. I wore, well, I wore the Ohio State hockey shirt that he got me. Nice. Way of tribute, nice. You know. um, well done. So, I mean, like I said, it's not like I'm sitting here and like, go Big Ten, go Big Ten, go Big Ten. Oh, I'm not happy about oh, I've it. I've seen I've seen the pom-poms. I've seen them. I've seen you shaking well, them. Yeah, well, let me. I will say this. You certainly are the one that knows about pom-poms. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's face it. You waved them on a regular basis. So, uh, you know, so, so, on which way the wind blows. For all of our for all of our listeners that are going like, hey, why did you disclose the Super 16 so early in the show? I did it because our guest has got some ties to those St. Cloud State Huskies. So let's not wait around. Let's bring on uh, Brevin Monroe from uh, Arizona State University and uh, the Cronkite School and uh, a, a stringer, I guess we can say, because he puts articles out for all kinds of different outlets. Um, and a hard-working, hockey-loving guy, a Minnesotan. Brevin, Scott, and Paul with you tonight. How are you? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Uh, I would be You're way happier. too calm, Brev. Come on. You're way too calm. <laughs> I would be much happier if I didn't see white stuff falling out of the sky this afternoon on my way home. But For now, sure. Okay. For sure. Uh, we didn't see that. We didn't see that here in uh, Tempe, but it was it is 51 degrees right now in Arizona, so there. It was it was chilly today. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a winter jacket on. Stop it. <laughs> chilly. The only thing they they know about chilly out there is that you make it on a stove. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Hornstein, I had to scrape the windows this morning. It was so frosty. Whatever. 
Whatever. <laughs> Brevin, it is great to have you on. I, I talked with you on uh, uh, for the Saturday night. Sure, well, Saturday night. Yep. Uh, when we were compressed <laughs> in in our makeshift press box at Mullet Arena, oh, and I said, you know what, we got to bring you on and talk hockey. And then Paul Hornstein totally springs it out of the blue that he's going to make St. Cloud State number one. So first and foremost, tell us what you do, what you want to do, and how much you love this great game of hockey. All right. Well, so right now I'm currently I'm writing for a few different outlets. Obviously, or College Hockey News is the big one. I would say I've done a few articles for them. Uh, I write for a few clubs on ASU's campus. Uh, the main one being Infernal Intel, where I'm the beat writer for the ASU hockey team. And then I have other experience uh, prior to ASU as well. I don't know if you want me to jump into that right away. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Sure. So yeah, my I transferred to ASU actually last year in the fall but the prior two years i attended st cloud state so being from minnesota obviously st cloud is kind of the the journalism school there so i was going to go there for that i was the beat writer for their men's hockey team the year they actually made it to the national championship game and unfortunately they lost but that that experience was something that was unbelievable especially because it was covid year and things like that so yeah but i i love the game and I'd say career goal. I want to work uh, for a Canadian team, preferably as a beat writer. <laughs> all right. First of all, I, I have to I have to say this because Scott's going to throw this in there, so I'm just going to beat him to the punch. You didn't play outdoor high school hockey, right? Or that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I did not. They only do that now on. Uh, it's called Hockey Day, Minnesota. It's oh, okay. like uh, the uh, big celebration. It's uh, actually this uh, this Saturday they're doing it. All right, because Scott never never fails to remind me that. He played outdoor high school hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Uh, on, the, on the last team, on the last team that played high school hockey in northern Minnesota outdoors. Yeah, I was part of it. Wow. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I'm not sure that's around no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Brevin, you and I were talking about um, so many different things about hockey, but um, let, let's jump in to, to St. Cloud State first, and then we'll get into Arizona State, and then we'll talk about NCAA hockey in general. We call this show Analytics and Eyeballs. It's it's our opportunity to look at numbers and then look with our eyes and, and see if those are even close to each other because sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. So, um when you think St. Cloud State, and you and I talked about this, uh, we have kind of a, a mutual connection on the hockey team with uh, Jackson Castor, and Paul knows Jackson as well. We've had him on the show a couple of times. Um, but just your thought on the goaltending, because I think we all thought, wow, what's St. Cloud State going to have? We knew what Dominic Bassey was. We knew what Jackson was, but we were wondering, could they really put it together and hold it together? Yeah, no, that's that's been the biggest thing for them. Ever since Rennick left, they kind of were looking for – a solid option. And instead of one, I, it looks like they found two this year with Bassey and Castor's really stepped up his play. Shout out to two of the other, I would say the other two, the other two top teams in Minnesota and Denver this season alone. So, I mean, that's, that's really promising look for St. Cloud. Uh, Bassey, I haven't really seen too much of his game, but just looking at his stats, I mean, he, he's nine and two. So I think that that pretty much tells you a lot that you need to know with the goals against under two. So, well, I'll say this, and you know, I I'll be the first person that uh, will say I got something wrong when I do. 
um, unlike other people that are on this show. But uh, <laughs> um, we won't mention any names, right, Scott? Um, <laughs> Nobody likes to see me sweat. No. Um, here's the thing that 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 I missed uh, because there's no doubt that the question was the goaltending. Um, what I missed was the 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 fact that they are just loaded defensively with upperclassmen. Now their depth is going to take a little hit this uh, the rest of the season as uh, one of their senior leaders, Dylan Anhorn, looks like he's going to be out for the season. But most of their game-to-game D are seniors, grad transfers, and the one guy that's not in Jack Pert is just uber-talented. And, 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 and I will flat-out admit I miss that. And I think the combination of that and the the team clearly buying into a team defensive concept this year more than and I think they have in the past um, has spurred this on. Now maybe I'm misreading that. I don't think I have, um, but it did take me a while to jump on this bandwagon. Brev, your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, honestly, like I I think that's. That's a very that's super valid for for missing it because honestly I I didn't really know what to expect from them at the start at the start of this season either because if you really think about it goaltending is so so important to a hockey team and if that's a question mark you really have to wait till a little bit into January to really figure out kind of what you have so I mean and like you were saying with the defense like that that loss of Anhorn is going to be huge because that he he's their biggest offensive defenseman he's their power play QB. Um, he's going to be a, a key loss for them. So it's going to be up to the other defensemen, those other older guys like Brendan Bushy and other other guys too. Peart, even himself, can, you know, as a, as an NHL draft pick, I think he, he'll he be one that's looked at to kind of fill in the role that Anhorn is going to be leaving. And I, I think he's more than capable of doing so. Brevin, tell us about... Um... Brett Larson. I've known Brett for a long time, uh, all the way back to his days in Duluth and and beyond. But um, what was your experience with Brett Larson when he came in and took over that program? And were you as excited as everybody else was in St. Cloud? Because I think they thought they got a real winner. Yeah, I, I was definitely excited. I knew, I mean, he was an assistant at with some of those really, those national championship winning Duluth teams. So coming in, I knew I knew we got a good one. But I didn't know how good he was going to be, especially filling the shoes of someone like Bob Motzko, who, who, you know, he was a great regular season coach for St. Cloud State. We'll we'll leave it at that. But <laughs> basically, he, like he has done, he's gone above and beyond for this program. He's surpassed all expectations. He brought them to their first national championship game, brought them back to the Frozen Four. He's done a great job with recruiting. Like this, this class now, these seniors and graduates is like his first real class, I would say. And you can see the results are there. Everyone is good. But, and for me, when I was covering them, I didn't get crazy access to them because it was COVID. So a lot of the press conferences and things were through zoom. So it's harder to get a read on someone through there, but he seemed like very, very serious by the book, like all hockey all the time. Okay, Paul, do you get the feel now that this guy can cover hockey? Well, listen, <laughs> um, I'm, I was not 
questioning that. I I, I don't usually <laughs> question. The, the I know, but when you were at ASU, have, they guess, used tin cans and a string. So let's uh, let's be honest well, here. Listen, I mean, if we were lucky, we got to use tin cans and a string. <laughs> There's Brevin, still some of those back left in over. 1989. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there really? Because if there is, that's. I mean, like I said, I as Scott just said, and I don't know if you heard him say it. Uh, I graduated in 1989, so um, we were still across. Hey, the and before we get any farther along in this thing, Paul, tell Brevin where the best place to eat is on campus. Well, I just said it. We, we used to run the radio station right across the street from the Chuck Box. Yep, that's that's the best. That's my favorite already. Oh yeah, I mean that's yep. that's that's. I mean that's a no brainer right <laughs> yeah. there. I mean. Um, I couldn't have planned having the radio station in a better spot if they had asked me myself. So <laughs> yeah, they moved it downtown now, so it's a little little bit of inconvenience, but it's closer to all the sports stadiums, so no big yeah, deal. Yeah, I I know, and unfortunately, the last time I was there, it was during Christmas break, and nothing was open. Um, yeah, I was really interested in seeing uh, stuff other than pictures. Um, but uh, you know, one of these days I'll get out there. Eventually, I have. They, they have to let me retire whether I want, whether they want to or not. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I don't question the, the guests that Scott bring on. I only question Scott. So don't worry about it, brother. <laughs> I don't, you, know. <laughs> you know, so don't worry about that. Um, you know, it, if you were you were around last year, so you got to see some stuff at Oceanside. Yep. Um, and you want to talk about cold? <sighs> that place was cold. That's the coldest rink on planet Earth. Uh, serious, it's a crazy, Amen. right? I mean, you would Amen. never think that. Yep. I, I was at um, I was at uh, Northwell this weekend uh, covering the Lindenwood LIU series, and I came prepared to be bundled up, and no, I was fine. It was I just had uh, the wind, you know, our, our college hockey West windbreaker on, and I was fine. I was expecting to have to use the two or three sweatshirts that I brought with me, but, uh, no. So, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. Is mullet that cold too, or is it just, or is it just Scott's imagination? Oh, it's cold. I uh, yeah, it, it's cold and, and mullet. Okay. All right. I listen. Not, I it's just... not Oceanside, but. But it's cold in there. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I want to ask. I want to get Brevin started on this. So, so you told us about San Claude State and what you saw there. And Paul and I have had a chance to see it. And I was at the Frozen Four Championship game. Um, but now let's talk ASU because you and I have talked uh, off off camera, off air about um, ASU's schedule this year. And let's start right there. I thought starting at. Duluth and starting at Bemidji State without playing even an exhibition game without even really being in your new building yet. Uh, I thought that was maybe a, a bold move and maybe something that was going to present a problem down the road. Your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with that. You look at you look at the other teams that are in the you know the top 20 of the pairwise right now. Teams like Harvard, they did they didn't start playing till the end of October and had a few exhibition games on their schedule. So I feel like that's that's such a big part of college hockey that teams overlook. Clearly, ASU overlooked it this year, but and took on maybe too tall of a task, despite Minnesota Duluth being a little bit down this year. I think jumping out that ambitious, I I I like I respect the what am I what's where I'm looking for here. I respect the willingness to schedule, you know, tougher opponents to try and climb up the pairwise ladder. But 
like we've said, Scott, you do need to mix in some of those cupcake teams in there to try and get everyone on the same page. Well, ball. <laughs> first of all, we do know that they did try to get an exhibition game going. So we That's have true. to give them that. It did it didn't work out, but we you know, we were told by other people that they did try to to schedule one of those. Um which is kind of too last minute and too late. Um listen, we knew that was gonna be a tough road trip to start the season. Um, especially for a team with so many new players. And, you know, it, it turned out where it didn't work out well for them. And I don't think it's straight, and it obviously hasn't straightened itself out all year. I mean, uh, you know, we, we knew it was going to be tough. And I just, obviously nobody thought it was going to be that this season was going to turn into what it's turned into. And I don't really know any other way to say it. Um, uh, where I overlooked St. Cloud's experience on the back end, um, I saw the talent that ASU had and is brought in. And it, clearly I was blinded by the fact that from a talent standpoint, this is probably the most talented team they've had in seven years. They are so talented. It's 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 so, it's, it's like it's the most frustrating thing because they're right. so talented. Right. Um and it's but it's clear that unlike those guys at St. Cloud that have been through the wars. Okay, the fact that this team hasn't until now I mean, because it is basically a new team. I think that's showing up. And I don't know how you... I don't know... There's no quick fix for this. That has no, to be not, a team... Yeah, not, not really. Team, there has That has to be a team thing where they all sit down and be like... Almost kind of like what Denver did last year. The, the, you know, the, the previous summer. Like, no, we're not doing this again. And this is how we're going to fix this. Now, granted, they had much more um, uh, experience behind them. And they had a fluky year because it was the COVID year. But as we know, they still sat down in whatever form that they did it in. And well, said, let this me, ends let me right here, right now. Let me speak to that, and then let me ask Brevin his thoughts on that. Um, I, I was just getting to Denver at that time, and I noticed that right off the get-go. And I talked to players, and I talked to coaches, and I said, what did you do? And they said, well, it all started with our alumni and our guys coming back to have their pro camp in the summertime. And the, and the guys bought in early and came and worked with the strength and conditioning coach. And I'm not saying that's not happening at ASU, but – um, now that they've got seven years under their belt or will have, um, is it time that they maybe try to run a quote unquote pro camp and, and try to build that kind of camaraderie and that kind of, a, I don't know, a, a team building effort in the summertime. Brevin, what do you think about that? I, I think that 
could definitely be beneficial. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing not not so much I would say chemistry issues as ev- something is just a step off for this team the last especially the last month or so. A lot of like entry passes and things like that. It's going to be I think something in the summer to bring in those guys together, get them, sit them down. Hey, this is what we need to do this season. Lay out a plan for what's expected, what will be tolerated, what won't be tolerated. And, you know, get going towards a tournament team, which realistically is the next step for the ASU hockey program. They have their new arena. The next step is a tournament team almost every single year. Yeah, good stuff. Well, let, me, let me throw two things out there. Hold on a second, Paul, real quick. I want to throw these two things out there uh, on this topic. Um, one of the things that Coach Carl told me was um, during the pro camp, I asked him about Troy Terry last year because he was a guy that really emerged in the NHL. And I said, you know, how important was Troy to the, to the growth of your team last year? And he goes, oh, he was hugely instrumental because Troy came in and, and kind of went through guys like there was <laughs> they weren't even there, like they were statues. And uh, the guys came back in the locker room and they were telling Coach Carl that, man, we, we, we don't know what to do with Troy. He just like, he, he just goes through all of us. And, um, and David Carl simply said to him, you know what, guys, he's going to do that same thing to the NHL players uh, in a couple of months. And sure enough, he had his best year as a pro last season. So I think I think you bring back at ASU you bring back a guy like Joey Decord, and I've seen Joey a few times now uh, over in Coachella Valley, and and Joey's a pro's pro. I mean I think he thought he might get a real shot at uh, the job in Seattle, and when he didn't, he accepted his role um, with Coachella Valley, and he's made the very best of it. Every time I'm there, I'm waiting for him to tell me something like. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move up. And he never says that. He always says the right things. He says, you know what? I'm happy to be a part of this team. I want to lead this team to an AHL championship, a Calder Cup. I want to do what it takes. So how important would it be to bring back a guy like Joey Decord? I, I honestly think, like, anytime you're bringing in a professional player to – to help out with your college player development, that's going to be a plus. And especially someone who's like such a class act. And I would say he's even devoted still to this Sun Devil Hockey program, bringing those guys back to help kind of pave the way for what should be the next wave of ASU talent. But building off of the alumni is going to be key towards building the tradition of this program. Well, now let's face it. I, I I don't want to sit here and and there as of right now, ASU doesn't have a quote unquote Troy Terry. I mean, they don't have anybody that's graduated at that level. And is, no, but, but I don't think you need to no, be at on, that level. I think you need to be let a me, good let, pro. Let me finish. They do have plenty of guys that are playing uh, in Europe. They do have plenty of guys that are playing in the AHL. And they have guys that are playing in the East Coast League, even though they don't call it that anymore. I still do. Um, they have guys. And, you know, they also have plenty of guys that 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 are around that around the valley that also do their, you know, are there for the summer too. 
and you know whatever it takes to get those guys to come back and show these guys how to bring their game to the next level because there's still a big difference between the ECHL and NCAA hockey. And there's even bigger difference between the AHL and the NCAA. And if it takes that to show those guys how to step up their games, to bring them to another level like the Troy Terrys and the and, and, and those Denver alumni, then they should do everything in their power to do that. Logan O'Connor, he's another one that steps up pretty nicely. Um, Devon Tave showed up this year, by the way. He's he's not a DU alum, but he came out to, to work with the guys. <laughs> um, actually, anyway. Devin Taves is. Is he a DU alum? Yes, he is. is oh, he I didn't know he was. Okay, okay. Uh, I, see, now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm wrong. 90% I, sure. I, I didn't think he was because I know he was hanging with the guys, and I thought they were saying that uh, it was nice to bring him on no matter what. Um, they didn't bring okay. Kale McCarr in, by the way, but <laughs> the jewelry doesn't anyway. hurt. <laughs> no, exactly. By the way. Okay, so so Brevin, Paul and I were talking about this, and you and I were talking about this, and um, this is definitely not a. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. Derogatory... I hold on. I apologize. He's not. He went to Quinnipiac. Okay, there we go. But he played for the Avalanche. Got a ring, so yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And he stays around Denver, which is cool. But anyway, so Devin, I was talking about uh, the fact that I think um, they maybe brought in Josh Doan uh, into the the sea-wearing uh, part of it a little bit too early. I don't know how much adversity he has faced, if any, uh, along his hockey career. And, you know, I think when you're a sophomore, boy, that's a load of pressure. And he had such a good season scoring last year and, and finding his role. And, and I just wonder how much stress and anxiety and just built-in pressure that has put on him. Your thoughts on that? No, I, I think that's that's pretty much nail on the head. Sophomore captains, you as we've seen in the past with the likes of like Sammy Walker up in Minnesota is the latest one that comes to my mind. They struggled in their in their first year as a captain and i think it's just going to be a matter of growing into that leader a little bit but i think in josh's case it's a it's even more it's even more pressure on him just with everything with his dad being such a legend in the area and having all that pressure of being a second round pick by the team that's here i think it's all that mixed on to you need to lead this college hockey team and be the best player or expected to be the best player on the ice every single night and when I mean that's not possible. You can't you can't be the best player on the ice every single night. Everyone is going to have bad games, but I'm starting to wonder cuz this last this last stretch here, he's he hasn't looked too great and I'm starting to wonder if the pressure is getting to be a little bit too much or if he's having a hard time overcoming adversity, which he's going to need to he's going to need to be able to do if he wants to be, you know, a good captain in in the college hockey ranks. Well, yeah, I'll I'll say too, and I agree with you hundred percent, brother, on that uh, the pressure of his dad because and and one thing with Shane, I watched him play and and I know him a little bit, and we we've, we've had conversations before, obviously, and um, I think Shane uh, is a different, yet a different personality from Josh, and and Shane knew his role, um, 
you know, we used to joke about whether he was ever going to get a hat trick and all these different things in his nearly 20 year career in the NHL. Um, and, and he just always took it in stride. And, and the other thing that I know um, Shane took right from the get go, once he was named captain and it took a little while, they didn't name him a captain for a while. Um, and when he was the captain, win, lose or draw and the Coyotes had some awful years. He always was the first guy out in front and wanted to let everybody know that it was his team. He was leading it. And I just think that's something that Josh has to grow into also. I totally, totally agree. We kind of, we kind of talked about this a little bit on that Saturday night off this podcast, but a guy like Demetrius Kumunzi stepping up after a five, one loss, who's, He's not even is he's I think he's the alternate captain, but stepping up for your main captain to take media is really shows true leadership to me. Well, let's face it. I mean, you do have to grow into the role. And it does take a certain personality. Okay, and and you know, we're not I'm not in the room. I'm not even there. You guys are there. I'm not even there. And and I oftentimes re- re- remark to Scott that guys are trying to do too much on their own, trying to solve the problem all by themselves, when you have to do the exact opposite. Okay? Stop, don't, you, you have to play kiss hockey. And they haven't done that. Yeah, good point. (laughs) And, you know, uh, like I said, where I underestimated the experience on St. Cloud, I definitely have overestimated as we went into the season um, the the experience in Tempe. Now, have they had the odd bad break here and there? Yeah, okay, that's fine. That happens to everybody. But how you react to that. And let me say this right up the get-go, so listeners don't think that this is a, a bash ASU in any form uh, of the imagination. But, brother, you saw him play uh, North Dakota, correct, in Vegas? Um, yeah, you, I did. I, I saw a little bit of that game, actually. Yeah, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't able to catch the full thing. Okay, so, um, so from that point forward, they were teetering with a spot. Uh, in the national tournament, they were around the 20 ranks and we were all looking at it. We're going like, okay, you come back, you play Minnesota um, at Thanksgiving time, you get a split, which was okay. You'll take a split against a team like Minnesota. Then you go on the road and play Denver. And that was a tall, tall task the very next weekend because of the emotional and the physical and the travel, the elevation and all of that stuff. But then you come back and you're never able to really reset it didn't seem like after that Denver trip and all of a sudden you go from, um, you know, 21, 19, 20, 22, wherever they were in the pairwise, all of a sudden now you're looking at a team that's what 42 in the pairwise. And I bring this back to analytics and eyeballs <laughs> so we can have that, but you see where they're at right now. And, um, can you put a finger on it as close as you are to this team, Brevin, where, where things really started to slip and, and why they haven't been able to put it back on track. I, I really can't put a finger on it. I would say, but it, it was that first game at Denver, that last goal that Denver scored, the one that, that went in off the hand that, that, the, yeah. that I feel that the oh, wrong call yeah. was made, but and I think a lot of other people do as well. But 
that I think that call was the start of the end for this ASU season. Cause I mean, if you look at their schedule, they've won three games since then. And one of them was against air force. Who's last in pairwise right now. So the, and the other one is against New Hampshire and BC. So BC is the only like quality, I guess, win there. Um, and they lost the game to New Hampshire as well. So it's just a mixture of that game at Denver. And like we said, not being able to recover both offensively, defensively. And the only thing that's really been was good for them was the goaltending. And even that is starting to fall off a little bit. So I would say probably mix a mix, a little bit of a mix of everything kind of, kind of going wrong for this team right now. Well, and of course well, the injury bug didn't hurt, didn't help either uh, with helping. all the guys that they lost injury-wise. No, not at all. Key players too, they lost. Well, I, I and I think the key players is Jackson Niedermeyer. Yep. And, and when they put him back on defense, I, I wholeheartedly was like, that's a great move. You know, um, having seen it before, um, he gave them a guy that could single-handedly get the puck out of their defensive zone, skate it out, create rushes, create offense. Um, because of the skill he has, first of all, he was a, having been a forward. And he has the hockey IQ. And they've definitely missed that especially on the power play. Okay. Um, I, I, I know that um, they've used Tim Lovell, but you actually had the two of them running power plays, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when he went down, that, that went down too. Doesn't help now as well that Lovell, the other puck-moving defenseman, is he's also missed the last four. So they, I think that's probably – that not trying to put my finger on it, that's probably getting closer, is not being able to move the puck out of the defensive zone. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've been to every game at Mullet since they opened it, uh, and I would totally agree with that. So, okay, let's um, let's take the commissioner's hat off of Paul Hornstein and put it on uh, Brevin Monroe tonight. Um, we talked about this too, Brevin, and I think we need to, sh- to discuss this again because the Transformation Committee... Um, came up with some suggestions for NCAA hockey. And one of them is expanding to um, 32 teams. I, I guess we can say that, right, Paul? There's well, kind of a, yeah, that's kind half of the, the teams, which would put them above 32. That's kind of the, the number that they used. Um, I mean, they didn't say 32 okay, so exactly. They said, you know, 50%. 50%, yeah. Right. And in which this puts case, you at about 32. Okay, so so Brevin, you're commissioner for a day. You get to uh, set up a whole new NCAA uh, college hockey role. What would you like to see personally? Hmm. I would. I I really do like the the one through thirty two. Um, I'm not sure. I think I think series in the playoffs in the like the Frozen Four as well because I think they added it to the first and second round this year, where it's going to be a best of three now if I remember correctly. And, but I think adding that in the, the semi, the national semifinal and the national title would be just like way better for the sport. And I think that would, 
is so entertaining. And also, like, thinking about the one th- run through 32 right now, some of the matchups you would get are absolutely unbelievable. So I think that would be my first one, but then the second one would be making the final, the Frozen Four series. Paul, Paul, give Brevin your ideas of uh, of series and how it should be played out. All right, this is this is uh, first of all, I, 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 while the idea uh, is they, it kind of works in college baseball with the College World Series. Um, I, I think it works with that because baseball is kind of that way uh, and always kind of has been. Um, they just kind of. Okay, hold on. Hold on a minute. College hockey plays two game series all year long until they get to the tournament, then it's one and done. Well, let, can I, are you going to let me finish or are you going to. No, no, I'm not. I know. Go you ahead. don't normally let me finish. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, and, and I think that I am down with that. Uh, at least a, we could, if you want to say to do that, certainly in the first round, I think you have to figure out a way to create eight conferences and those eight conferences get seeds one through eight conference winners get seeds one through eight, no matter where they are in the quote pairwise. And you play 16 first round series, best two out of three on campuses. And then you get down to the 16 that you have. And if you want to do that again, okay, that's awesome. You can do that. Two out of three with the 16s, with the 16 with the 16 teams that are left. Once again, higher seed on campus. Um, and then you could have um, almost like um, when you get to the Elite Eight, you want I you can I I mean I don't know if you could do a five week tournament. So at that point I think you'd have to go to one gate one and done. But that gives you one that gives you that does give you two weeks on campuses. And you would then or you could do it like baseball does and have like a super regional and and go back to the current format. But you definitely would have to have two out of three on campuses for that first round. And I think the Frozen Four is, is an event, and I don't think they're, they're going to change that. Yeah. But your thoughts on that, Brevin? No, I, I, I actually agree. I don't think that they ever would would change the Frozen Four, but I, I do foresee changes coming to the first two rounds. I, they, I was wrong. There is no, there's no changes for, for this year, but... That I guess that would probably be the first thing I would change, and I I do like the idea of on campus because then that gives the ticket revenues and things to the school to put back towards hockey, which I like a lot. And we're seeing that now with the college football playoff changing and making that some of those first round games on the campus sites. So I think that's just going to be something in the NCAA from now like from now on is we're going to have campus on campus tournament games, which I think that's really honestly good for everybody. And, and and it's okay because I think about this all the time because this is that's my that's my thing. You know, uh, you know, I I know that you know, especially you, uh, you know, having to do the whole student thing and 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 so forth and so on. And uh, I have way more free time, and it clearly shows. 
uh, because I have thought this out <laughs> way too often and way too much. So, um, but I think it's definitely something that college hockey needs to do. Problem is, uh, they haven't named you or I the czar for the day uh, to do this. And I don't know if there's anybody that can, you know, take the reins and be like, hey, this is what we have to do for the good of everybody. And you, Brevin, having been um, at St. Cloud, it's a different mindset. Right. Um, St. Cloud being one of the small schools to play Division One hockey, and one of the one of the things that's great about the, the Division One hockey, by the way, is a small school like St. Cloud. That's it. Can, can play and compete with schools as big as ASU and Michigan and that other maroon and gold team, and 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 <laughs> that's Minnesota, you know, by the State. way. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I know he didn't need to tell me that. Okay, <laughs> um, so that is the uniqueness and the greatness of college hockey. And we need to preserve that in every way possible. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. The, the fact that a typically division two school can go and field the division one hockey team and take on some of the biggest universities in the country and win a majority of the time, like St. Cloud does like Duluth has. I think that, I think that's the beauty of college hockey really. And 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 you are correct, my friend. That that and a pep band at the games. Oh, <laughs> okay, I, I want to ask Brevin this before we run out of time, though, because you grew up in Minnesota like I did. You know the the grassroots hockey. You've seen the big time college hockey. Um, I, I'm I'm impressed by what Arizona State has done, and I'll give uh, Frank Ferrer a lot of credit. I'll give Coach Powers a lot of credit uh, for the vision. But just your thoughts. When you go to uh, an ASU weekend series, what, what goes through your head? And, and does it remind you at all about Minnesota? And do you kind of feel like it's college hockey at its finest? Well, I'll say at Oceanside, <laughs> absolutely not. But this year, getting ready, for, getting ready for series, it felt, I don't know, it felt a lot more real. A lot more like, like you said, kind of peak college hockey or real college hockey when you're going into mullet arena it feels like you're in a college hockey building you're watching college hockey and and i well i don't think it matches minnesota just because hockey is a religion in minnesota to a lot of people that's not it's not quite here yet but i will the fan support this year especially from students has been amazing like last year we couldn't even sell out like 250 student section seats. Now they're selling out like 1000 plus. They're literally running out of student tickets because so many people want to come to the games and come watch hockey. So in that aspect of growing the game, they've done, they couldn't have done a better job and just proves that hockey can work anywhere out West of the Mississippi. Yeah. See, I was get That was something I was going to ask before is, you know, you're there, you're on campus. Okay, um, you have much more of a feel. Now, obviously, winning helps, but they're still selling those student tickets almost instantly. Yep. Yeah, okay. they sold out last week in a day. You know, and and so uh, there's obviously still a buzz about a just being in the arena. Now, 
does that still the feel on campus because we want to get into the arena? I mean, let's face it. There are 60 to 70,000, you know, people that are physically on campus. It's not like, um, you know, I, I believe that's the number that's on campus, right? Whether yep. it's, yeah, I think, you know, it, I think the official is like 57. So like 60 ish. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, or I, so I'm not missing that, right? People still want it. No, yeah, no, there's want to go to those games, right? Yeah, no, there's, there's plenty of people that haven't been to the arena yet that are like, I hear plenty of people at games when I'm, when I'm, even when I'm not covering and I'll be in the student section, I'll hear people, oh, this is my first hockey game, right? Like ever. So, I mean, just the, the growth of the game and new people being exposed to the sport is, I think it's second to none down here really just because there's so many people that don't know or understand the game but a lot of them end up getting hooked and coming back more and more and more and for a lot of people now it's their favorite team on campus so they're doing their job in that regard so and listen and i get it and you know it would have been mine if they'd have had this team when i was on campus and so i you know, I, I make no secrets that if you ask me what team I'd want to win the, a national championship at ASU, which team it would be. Um, I just remember the days when uh, they started out as a club team and played at Thomas Mall where there was no electrical outlets anywhere near the <laughs> ring. So you couldn't even plug it. That's in where those tin cans and strings came in. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, um, but no, the, the fact that there's still buzz despite the record shows that this could work and shows that it will work because if 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 the if the buzz is there without the record that's that's a pretty good sales job that that people have done to the students yeah i think i think the biggest thing too will be seeing student attendance the rest of the rest of this year too because now that our more of our marquee games are kind of out of the way now it's just independent schools and then St. Thomas this coming weekend. So uh, it'll yeah, be, that's one I'm going to get to. Yeah, I'll, I'll also be there. I'm actually <laughs> making my play-by-play debut on the radio on Saturday. Oh, congratulations. So, Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But So it'll be interesting to see now that the schedule is kind of you know dying down, at least at home a little bit, to see if the student support is still there. I expect it to be, but I guess we'll find out on Friday. So, brother, let me ask you this because uh, St. Thomas just announced their new building um, officially got a big donor. And, um, you know, you know, Minnesota, I know Minnesota, but um, how much pressure is that going to put on the University of Minnesota when St. Thomas gets that fabulous building just across the Mississippi River and what, you know, less than a dozen miles from campus of the University of Minnesota? Is that going to have a positive or negative effect on on hockey in Minnesota? Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be positive, and I also I don't really think the Gophers will be too too worried about St. Thomas until St. Thomas is able to pick up their first win off them. I think then they'll then they'll start to you know recognize them. I feel like right now they don't even acknowledge them as a team in the state. I have I am just saying that I have no connection <laughs> to anyone on the right. team. I'm just from the outside looking in. I feel like they don't respect them, but. I would say anytime you're expanding or teams, adding a team in a state, building a new arena, you know, growing the game in any way at all, it makes everyone better. You know, what the, what do they say? A rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. I think that's kind of, 
that's kind of like it's granted St. Thomas is the bottom of the tide in Minnesota, but if they're, they have to get up to where everyone else is and this is their way of doing it. So I think they're doing it right. And there's going to, and after it gets built, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to win right away because we're not very patient with our hockey teams in Minnesota. So, <laughs> okay. So I got two more final ones for you. Then I'll, I'll let Paul uh, give you the final question, but um, my two Minnesota related number one is uh, we'll give Paul the geography lesson. When you're in Minneapolis, St. Paul, you now have um, the university of Minnesota and St. Thomas in the Metro. Then you go up I-35 and you got Duluth and you go across I, um, Highway 2 and you have Bemidji. <laughs> Quit the snoring and you come back down to the uh, to um, St. Cloud State. Then you go a little farther south and you got Minnesota State and you talk about all Division One programs and not far to to the uh, west is UND and, and their programs. Um, is it saturated yet in your mind? Or or is it still okay? I think I think it's still okay just because there's still fandoms for all of these schools. There's there's literally fans for every single team. Every anytime you go to whether it be like a wild game or any hockey event, you almost see a jersey of every single college team. Which you would think it'd be saturated with having six teams, but then you also look at like Massachusetts who has, you know, more than even more than that. But I would say, (laughs) yeah, and Michigan, but yeah, no, I don't think it's saturated at all. I think each, each team is kind of, they kind of have their own fan base. There's, there's many alliances between there's also rivalries, of course, but I, I think, I think with Minnesota fans, we're all, we're all pretty nice people until, until our hockey teams play against each other. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, okay. Army, Hold on to that thought. Hold Army, on to that thought. Canisius, <laughs> Niagara, RIT, Colgate, Cornell. You know where they're located? Rensselaer, Union, St. <laughs> Lawrence. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, LIU. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's 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 just talk about how many teams. Uh, yeah. Okay. We can okay. I got to ask Brevin one more question though. Um, so Brev, a lot of people told us this year that what's happening in Minnesota, their, their attendance numbers are down and here's my thought. And I want to get your thought. Um, growing up in the seventies and eighties, it was like you went to Minnesota, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've been told that there were times when it was only Minnesota kids that were recruited by Minnesota yep. and you were, you were all, if you wanted to play college hockey, there were other programs. There was North Dakota and Duluth and places you could go. But if you really wanted to be a Minnesota hockey player, you had to go to the University of Minnesota. And those games and those tickets were incredibly hard to get. And people said, well, what's going on at Minnesota? And here's my thought. I think um, as people got older, that my age, Paul's age, and then your age came along, I think there's, there's mixed um, alliances, if you will. I think there, there may be a mother that went to Minnesota and a father that went to St. Thomas. And now there's not that hard alliance like there used to be. A- am I close on this? Do you think that's, that's a little tug of war right there? Or do you think it's just, it is what it is? No, that was, that was dead on literally majority of the, of my friends, families, even just parents 
like will be one went to St. Cloud, one went to St. Thomas, or that's typically what it is now. People are raised or like have parents that went to different schools and then are going to those other schools. It's not all only Minnesota now. And like, I think also that with like the TV options has to help because you can now watch a lot of these other teams that I, I think it was typically only Gophers before. <laughs> and how, so, and how. So I think that that's also a really big help, but for the for the most part yeah yeah i don't know i think that's it i I think yeah paul give me your final one but you gotta come off mute why would i want to do that (laughs) um well here's here you go so as we sit here now um you have saint cloud and denver at 29 points. Everybody's played the same amount of games in the conference. You have Omaha, who is sneaking up, has snuck up on everybody, basically, mm-hmm. in league play at 27 points. And Western, who I kind of put in that same group as St. Cloud at the start of the season, uh, has 25 points. All right. Um, is there any way that it's not St. Cloud or Denver winning this regular season? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I I I I feel like even though Omaha's is two points back, and yeah, that's that's one win. I I feel like St. Cloud and Denver are just so much further ahead than the rest of the teams talent wise. And don't get me wrong, Western Michigan probably isn't that far off, but they're also they're kind of a one line team at times. Okay. So I think, I think the biggest thing is going to be if St. Cloud could, can continue their momentum off this this Denver sweep this past weekend, despite losing you know a key defenseman like Anhorn as we were mentioning earlier. I feel like the NCHC right now, despite it being tied, I think it's St. Cloud's to lose. All right, hey, listen, that, Ooh, that, you like just... that, huh, Paul? Well, listen, I, <laughs> number listen, one in the over... Super Sixteen. Right now they are. Somebody st- somebody asked me over the weekend who I thought the best team in the country was, and uh, I didn't hesitate to say Denver. Really? And, yeah, I didn't hesitate to say. I mean, first of all, you're the champs until somebody beats you. True. Okay. Um, I said that about the vampires for years. That'd be the bulldogs from Duluth, Devin. Brother. <laughs> yeah, because they don't die. <laughs> oh God, they just never. It's uh, even when they're not good, they don't seem to die. But that's true. Um, so you know, to me, until you beat the champs, you are the champs. And uh, I, I actually was shot. I didn't. Did I think St. Cloud would get swept this weekend? No, uh, but I certainly didn't think they would sweep Denver. Um, and I and and I'm gonna sit here and say that I still think it'll be Denver when push comes to shove. But as we all know, when you're playing for your life in your conference tournament, that takes on a whole different ball of wax. Yep, especially and, the NCHC tournament. And you know, and and I think we think the NCHC is down this year. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not Duluth and North Dakota at the top. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, is it really down or is it just uh, different teams at the top? Well, that's – and I think that that's not just my perception. No, you're correct. 
Okay, yeah, no, and right. I and I think that some of those teams uh, still have some some weaknesses, um, and and still have uh, things to prove in a big spot. Like I think St. Cloud, even though it was at home, proved something this past weekend in a big spot. Uh, you know, obviously Denver's got a lot of kids back from their national championship team. The other teams, we have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, well said. It's it's it definitely looks like it's going to stay a two team race. But I said that before, and look what happened. So, um, <laughs> you know, what do I know? Just means Clearly, you don't know what you're nothing. talking about. <laughs> Clearly, Brevin, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate the uh, the hockey talk. Love seeing you at the games. Good luck this weekend on the radio a radio call or stream call. Uh, radio call, yeah. radio call, it, awesome. They stream it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. We didn't okay. have that so option he's, he's... in the eighties. <laughs> the string was just not that yeah, far. <laughs> yeah, the string yeah. didn't reach. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Always great to have a hockey mind with us. Best of luck in the future, and uh, go find one of those jobs with the Canadian team. Just I'll, I'll give you a hint: do not go to Winnipeg. You probably know that, but do not go oh, to I... Winnipeg. Go anywhere else in Canada, but not Winnipeg. <laughs> oh, I know that. My dad, Vancouver, too, after this past week or week or two. But. Well, wait, what, what, well what, hey, talk is there now. You can you have, a, you have a heck of a coach there. We're talking, so go pick up with Vancouver. <laughs> what is it, warmer in these other places? Well, it's a lot colder in Winnipeg. It is a lot oh, colder sure. in Winnipeg than well, anywhere yeah, well, else in Canada. Listen, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, when when you, you want to go on an assignment up there in January, we'll make sure that can happen. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Well, that's my point. You might be able to push me to Vancouver, but that would be the closest. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Brevin Monroe, we appreciate your time. Right. Keep up the Thank good you, work Scott. with everything you're doing at ASU. And uh, and uh, let's see if we can get the Sun Devils back on track to finish out the year. How about that? Yeah, how about it? They need it. Thanks so much, Scott, for having me. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll... Uh, We'll say uh, just a few minutes with our partners, and Paul and I will be back to wrap up another episode of Analytics and Eyeballs. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads... Yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. 
passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel it towards the goalie. before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at behindthemask.com. Question, comment, let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. It's Monday night, which means it is analytics and eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you today, podcasting from a parking lot in Chandler, Arizona. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York. Probably has his feet up, a land shark in one yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, servants whatever. probably dabbing the sweat so off his brow. Um, yeah, anyway, that that's how life is on the island. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> Paul, um, you always ask me about uh, about I think you do anyway uh, about being at games and, and such, and it's guys like Brevin that that keep me young. And uh, I'll give you a couple examples today. Uh, I'm out and about, and I'm I'm at a McDonald's of all places, and a guy walks up to me and sees my jacket. He goes, "Hey, are you a hockey mm-hmm. player?" <laughs> I'm going like I used yeah, to be, okay. but that's that's 45 years ago. So I, I get down there. We have a little conversation. He's telling me about old time Arizona hockey and this and that. I'm going like, okay, that's great. Thanks. And then uh, I go into a grocery store and another guy walks up to me. He goes, Ice Time Hockey West. Um, you play hockey? <laughs> and I'm going like, hey, guys like Brevin keep me young, but I'm not young enough to be doing that. <laughs> no, well, you're not. So where does this come from, man? I don't know. They think They're not supposed to be asking people that are almost 61 years old if I'm still playing the game. Where do they think I am? Listen, I still have a wooden <laughs> stick, so I don't know. Um, oh, that's even before my time. Yeah, I know. I know. But, uh, <laughs> no, we, you know, I mean, listen, I understand being around the students keeps you young. I do it every day. Uh, we love the passion. Right, we know we, we we love the passion that Brevin obviously has for hockey. Uh, the only thing that the only tip that I'll pass on to him because it's the only thing he needs to hear from me, and you can explain it to him on Friday if you want. It's not zero <laughs> zero. It's nothing nothing. Zero <laughs> is not the same as nothing. <laughs> and if he brings so. the passion of Connor. Connor McGahee, when Kale McCarr scores a goal, that's that's all you need to know as far as uh, passion, passion in broadcasting. Oh, sure. So, <laughs> Goodness gracious me! <laughs> you know, I, just I love that clip. That. I love that clip from college know. hockey. So anyway, great to talk Sun Devil hockey. Great to talk a little Minnesota hockey, and I like to mesh the two because you know 
you brought up Long Island and New York and all these these colleges out there, but that's okay. They're they're out east. We cover the western half of the Mississippi. I know. And I somehow just, I used just to wanted live to make the point. East. I just wanted to make the point <laughs> that you guys are saying there's all these teams here and all these teams there and all these teams here. They 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 exist here too. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, we feel better now. And I know you made no, your you point don't. for for your uh your Dave Starman points. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying Didn't hurt, did many, it? There's as Didn't many hurt, did it? Hockey te- well, it might have, but there's as many <laughs> college hockey teams in New York State as there are anywhere else. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. You made your point. All right. Okay. So that yeah. wraps up another episode of Analytics and Eyeballs. Tomorrow night it will be a uh Another College Hockey West Weekly. Wednesday night, we're back with the great West College Hockey Podcast. It's our ACHA show. And who knows? Maybe Thursday is when we finally, finally debut the Pro Hockey West, the Pro Hockey West Report, uh, covering the AHL and Pacific Division. We got, we're working out the bugs and trying to get things done. So we'll get, we'll get there. But uh, go ahead, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game and style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By the University of Central Oklahoma, two-time ACHAM1 champions and champions every day in the classroom at ucohockey.net and uco.edu. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. San Diego State University, the best of education, California college hockey, and lifestyle at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Oklahoma University, join our 20th anniversary celebration. For schedule and ticket information, go to ouhockey.net. Peterson Toyota, our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs, new or pre-owned. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza, you'll love our wing sidekicks and more. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download whatever platform you get your podcasts from. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the Ice Time Hockey West doc. Very well done, my friend. We'll say a big thank you to Brethren Monroe for, uh, for stepping up and uh, chatting with us tonight. And uh, hope it was a great conversation for everybody because I loved it. And uh, we'll uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody. Good night.